Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen, the the new radio uh, show host. I was going <laughs> to say, the I'm new fired one. up today, man. Apparently. Yeah. Straight out of Buckley, Washington. <laughs> Murr. Those are the cows. If we you can know. see the cornfields from a mile away. Yeah. I don't even know. Their People probably wouldn't wheat expect fields. that. Not weed. Wheat fields. Yeah. I mean, there's weed fields too. <laughs> Literally. I mean, we're washing. There's fucking dispensaries everywhere. There's yeah. actually, you know, that big warehouse right across from the green door. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. That's a grow house. Yeah. That's why there's never any cars in the parking lot. That's why there's a fucking huge warehouse with no signs on it. Cameras all around like, it. But next to the building that we were going to get in. Uh, I think it's a little bit further, but yeah, oh. on that same side. Oh. Yeah. It's right across the street from the, how do you know this? Uh, my father-in-law told me. Nice. Yeah. Cause he made like a joke about something and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, that's what that is. And blah, blah. blah. And I was like, huh? Hmm. didn't know that. But he, uh, he is uh, good friends, of course, with the guys who own the lumber thing across the street. So that's why he knows. Gotcha. Across the street from that is another small business. So um, that's the only reason I was like, okay, I trust you because he doesn't smoke. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. We are in uh, buck country. Buck country. Actually, not buck, buck country, I guess. Oh, there's deers and everything oh, out yeah. here too. But um, truck country for yeah. sure. I mean, I guess all the above. Yeah. Yeah, people see elk and uh, ording all the time. Uh, you don't? Uh, we see deer all the time in yeah. our. I had to I actually spray our yard for uh, deer and rabbit poop repellent just to mm. keep them out of our yard and shit. Yeah, literally because they were shitting in our yard and Bubba ate it and got super sick. <laughs> oh my god, an idiot! Like yeah, a dog. You look outside and I'm like, he's like licking the the you know where like you know cement when they do cement blocks and there's like a crease in between. Yeah, and there's yeah. like a, he's just licking the crack of the <laughs> cement and I'm like. Bro, and he like looks up like, huh? Like, what are you doing? You wonder why you get Being a sick. Dog. Yeah. God. Yeah, he is. He is ridiculous. Um, All right. Well, which we a actually, uh, we started an Instagram for Boba. If yeah. you guys want to go follow the dog, um, Shannon and I were talking about it, and then she was serious, and I was like, do it. If you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah. You know. And so I was like helping her with some reels and Bubba shit. Bubba McBroom. Um. Yeah, because there's the problem is is that. He doesn't do anything. So, <laughs> so there's only so much you can film. Yeah. But uh, she made a montage of him. She hasn't posted yet. It's pretty fucking funny. And there's like this song behind it about. Doing I think nothing. it's like a, a it's a hip hop song. I think it's like a nasty song about like tongue something. But it's like it's funny, though, because it just repeats it. And it's just like all these quick videos of him sleeping with his tongue fucking out. But yeah. the funny thing is it's one day. So wow. she recorded it while I was at work. And I'm like. That's how many naps he took with his tongue out today in different spots over the house. And she's like, that's all he does all day. Now that he doesn't go to work with you. Yeah. So he's at Tails today, though, living it up, having fun with some other dogs and shit. But um, Living it up. Yeah, I got to be careful with him with this fucking hand. I, I went to give Blakely a hug this morning before work, and she was like, because uh, I always like, when I'm leaving, she's like, hugs and kisses, my guy. So I come up, and she was like, just don't touch me with that hand. <laughs> and I was like, damn. I'm not like infected. Yeah, it's well, not that gross, girl. Yeah. Do you see the thing I shared yesterday of her? No. Excuse me, mom. I need to floss. 
Shannon, go, oh, Shannon posted a reel. Dude, I was dying. And she was like, excuse me? And she starts doing that, like, flossing Oh, dance. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant literally. No. Oh, yeah, I did see That's that. That's what I thought at first, too. And then she started dancing. And then Lee told me that that dance is called the floss. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Um, and I'm just like, what on earth? Yeah. Dude, like. It's a dance. Dude, it, she's at that age where, like, all this kind of funny stuff is happening. She's picking up on that stuff. She Yesterday, we were at Target. Um, I got home. I took her to Target because I had to get some stuff. And uh, I actually, I lie um, for all the husbands listening. You might resonate. I actually had to go to Target to return something for my wife for the 18th time because she doesn't like returning stuff. And I get in these like, dude, like she'll order like a a, a big piece of furniture at Target, and then I I have to go return it. Which I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I know you don't want to. And one day the guy's like, we can't accept returns from online orders. I'm like, but you're Target. He's like, yeah, but it's through an app. It's different. And so I'm like, so where do you return it? Uh, I, I like, literally was like, bro, I'm not leaving until I return this. I was like, my wife sent me here. I'm not carrying this back out. My car is parked right there. And I parked on the front part with the flashers on. So yeah. I was like, I can't leave it there forever. So it's just getting kind of awkward. And he was like, all right, well, you paid through PayPal so we can do a gift card. And I was like, dude, I don't want a $450 gift card target. Yeah. I want to put that money back in my savings. And he was just like, dude, I, I can't, I literally can't do it. And I was like, can you open the cash register? And he's like, <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm like, well, then you can do it. You just don't want to. And it starts getting real awkward, bro. And I was like, I'm not leaving. He gave me cash. Wow. Yeah. And he did it fast before, like, the the LP guy, the security <laughs> guard could see. It was so funny. But he was... I what mean, is he, LP? Uh, loss and prevention. Oh. It's like security at places like yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah, had, yeah. Uh, I only remember because when I worked at Rite Aid, it was next door to TJ Maxx, and they had one. But um, so funny. But anyway, I took Blake there last night to return something. Um, Shanna got some painting there, and I was like, there's too many colors on that. I can't do it. It's like flowers and pink, and just it was so bright. And I was like, I can't do that in our living room. Sorry to be that guy, but yeah. I, I just was like, that's too vibrant for me. And so uh, I went in with her, and I'm like, hey, I need to grab some socks. Like, come over here, Blakely. And I'm like, looking at these socks, and she goes, Dad, why is it like this here? And I'm like, what? And I look over, and she's looking at the briefs. Yeah. And she's, like, pointing at a crotch, a guy's crotch on the picture of the briefs. And I, like, just kind of looked at her. I'm like, huh? And she was like, why is it Why is it like that <laughs> right here? Why is this here? The bulge? Yeah. Yeah. And I just start laughing. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, that's just how it is there, sweetie. That's his private parts. Yeah, I was like, that's just the guy's private. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I don't need socks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Save that conversation for your mom. I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, dude, it's like every day. It's like, she's five now. So yeah. every day there's something new. I can imagine what everything she's, like the floss or whatever. Like all these things you pick up at school, man. Yeah. Like everybody's talking about it. It's a... It's a it's it's from Fortnite from the video game. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. That really took off. Yeah. What do you Damn. mean took off? That was five years ago. <laughs> I mean, but like a dance from a video game like oh, that. Oh yeah. Just, I mean, I remember Fortnite being a big deal, but I don't even remember really what Fortnite is. I know it's a game. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's literally everything. It's everything she watches, she picks up, she thinks like and some stuff is appropriate, some stuff's not. And then you have to like try to ask like where did you get that from? Because then you can try to find like the TV show or the YouTube video that you can like stop letting her watch yeah. depending on what it is or yeah, it's just, it's wild, man. But she's learning, she's yeah. growing. And, and part of me is like, it's, I always go back to that Joe Rogan quote where he's like, you want to shelter your kid, but at the same time you almost have to let them experience things. So obviously certain things are not that big of a deal, but like certain things, like there was this, there's this little boy at school and I won't say any names just in case, God forbid, but like um, pushed her and like knocked her over. 
and it was like a big deal. Like the kid got in trouble. It's preschool, you know. He just got to, He's got to go sit at the the green bean bags is like the trouble area apparently. But it was the same thing. She was like really hurt by it, and I'm like, okay, well, why? Like, why did that hurt you? Well, because it was mean. Okay, well, you don't like being mean. Like, let's you know eliminate mean, and then like, what do you do that's mean? What do I do? That's, like, we can all be nicer. This is why you don't push other kids, especially girls. Like, blah blah blah, you know. And then one girl said she was bad at drawing one day and it's like the same thing it's like okay well number one that's her opinion it doesn't mean that and I approached it wrong at first the first thing I said I was like well nobody cares what she thinks Shannon's like looks at me like Cody I'm like it wasn't very nice that she said that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like but uh like stupid little girl <laughs> to say that to my daughter but you start trying to like navigate through those you know and it's like you can't I mean, what are you going to do? I'm not going to go to the school and reprimand the kid. Yeah. I got in trouble. So it's like, okay, it happened. So yep. move on. What can you learn from it? This is why you don't want to do that to other kids instead of getting all worked up. But so like, it's almost like every day there's something. Be a leader. Yeah. Not a follower. Yeah. But like every day there's something you got to try to teach them. And sure. it's just crazy, man. Like everything. I mean, she, and they start asking questions about some stuff that I don't know. I didn't get taught as a kid. So I don't even know how to answer Like, uh, she she'll ask questions about God. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to explain this to you. Like yeah. I'm just trying to f- figure out how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she said something the other day. She was like, it, this, it was cloudy out like always. And she was like, I want, uh, I, I, what she said, I want God to make the sky pink. And we're like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, why? I was like, and Shannon said the perfect thing. She was like, God gives you what you need when you don't need, know you need it, not everything you want. Yeah. And she was like, I need the sky to be pink. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that was a good try. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. It's a good time. Yep. But I no don't pink skies today. Yeah, none today. So are we doing uh, the books on a mindset? Yep. All right. So let's uh, get on with the Q&A today, you guys. We got three good questions, one mindset, one training, and one nutrition. So we will start off with mindset. It is what are the best books on mindset and why? What uh, what did that book or books teach you? The ones that you choose that were so profound about it. So the first thing I'm going to recommend is going into the description of this podcast or the show notes and clicking on the book recommendations link because that's going to take you to Amazon and it just has all my book recommendations. Um, it also has like the the journal recommendations I have. Obviously, when you're a client of ours, we send you a journal, which I made so that it describes exactly what I think the best journaling process is. But for those of you who are not clients and want to buy a journal for daily journaling, stuff like that, there is, uh, there's some journals on there. There's also fitness and nutrition content on there, like uh, books and everything. But all my mindset ones are on there. Right now, um, and I think this is probably why the question came in, because I was talking to some people on Instagram about this, because I've been sharing what I've been listening to. And uh, I just finished re- listening to Relentless, and I just started winning. Um, both are by Tim Grover. So... I originally read these and now I'm listening to them. So this is my second time through both of them and I did not read them back to back. Originally I got relentless, read it, took some time off and then I got the sequel and read it. But I I heard somebody recommending that they just do so much better if you read one after the other. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people like respond to those and ask like, do you recommend this book? Like, like I've heard about it. Do you think I should get it? And I always just say, yes, yes, yes. I think it's great. And then I started really thinking about it. I'm like, actually, I don't know. And I actually would have this question for him 
Um, I've bugged him about a podcast. I'm going to bug him again, honestly, but, um, I would love to ask him this question. I don't know if it's cause we've, t- you know, we've talked about like the, the, cl- uh, what is it? The cooler, the closer and cleaner, I think it is, or maybe it's the closer cleaner. You should get that down. Yeah, I should get that down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cooler, closer, cleaner. I know cleaner is the highest one. I just associated myself with the cleaner and was like, I don't worry about the rest, but that's not always accurate because the reality is, is there's nothing wrong with the cleaner or I'm sorry, the closer, which I think is the one right below it. The cooler is below that, I believe. But like all of these are categories of successful people. So realistically, if you're in any of those, they're successful. And this is, this is stuff that he talks about in the book, um, in the book relentless. He talks about these three categories. Did you pull it up? Yep. Closer, cooler. No, it goes cooler, closer, cleaner. Okay. That's what I thought. There you go, yeah. So basically the way he frames these is kind of like um, the the first category is somebody who, I mean, they're successful, right? Second category is like they will be successful, but they might not do whatever it takes. They might not be the first to, to lead the charge. They might need somebody else to help them or carry them or lead them or whatever. And the cleaner at the top is it's like they're the relentless person that's there to win. They're, they choose winning. They choose success. They choose that over anything else. They will always, no matter what, get shit done. Um, they don't expect to be patted on the butt. They don't expect reward. Their reward is just accomplishing it and they don't celebrate. They check the box, move on to the next fucking thing. Now, as you're reading the book, you're one of two types of people. You're the person that says, God, this person's life sucks. Like they just work or they don't do anything else or they don't appreciate their wins or anything like that. And then you read the other person that gets super motivated by that and is like, fuck yeah, that's me. I will do anything it takes to win, to get to the top, all this stuff. And I think that that's why I kind of take back some of my recommendations of saying, yeah, you should read this book, but I would just replace, I wouldn't say don't read the book. I would say read the book knowing that you might not fit that category perfectly, but you can read a big chunk of the book and know where you stand and know what the most applicable is. Cause even for myself, I've read the book and seen where on that spectrum people on my team lie. And there's nothing wrong with not being, the cleaner at the top because the cleaner at the top is going to put themselves in the fire. This is me. I'm going to put myself in the fire no matter what. I'm going to make sure that no matter what we are successful as a team and I do it for all of us. So it's not a selfish act. It's an act of, I mean, we could say kind of like we were talking to Michael just a little bit ago about like it is selfish in the sense that you put yourself first. You, you think about yourself first and all those things, but you do it in a selfless way because the whole ambition behind it is to help lift up other people, right? He talks a lot about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant because he coached those two people. He was their trainer. And he talks about this with Michael Jordan as well. He says like Michael Jordan was the epitome of that, but he always wanted to bring everybody up with him. So it's not that he was like, fuck everybody else. I'm going to ho- be a ball hog and just control the game and just no matter what win because I don't care about anybody else winning I just care about me it's that he knew when he had to put he had to be a ball hog in order to make shit happen because he was the only one that could make it happen and it wasn't like an arrogant thing of him to say it was just a confidence thing you know um because I don't think anybody looks at Michael Jordan and thinks he's like a self-centered cocky Am I wrong? Oh, very wrong. Oh, okay. Never mind. You, you should what watch, about Kobe? You should watch the documentary. So I was just about to say, I think once the documentary came out, that came out more. Yes. Because I, before that documentary, a lot of the behind the scenes shit was not exposed. But he, Cause I've seen it's most also of it. like, he knows he's the best, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. But yeah. It, but back then too, so. like to an extent he yeah. did, everybody did. Yeah. You know? And I don't think like you can't compare people now. I was actually listening to that podcast that we were talking about with Seabum and they were like, yeah. you and Arnold who would win. And he was like, well, I don't think you can compare that. 
even though they're they're both 6'1", 240 pounds on stage. But now, like, the environment to get to that level now is so much different than it was for Arnold. For you sure. know, same thing with Michael and LeBron, yeah. for example. Um, and, like, obviously LeBron has records that Michael would never have. But would LeBron have lasted this long in, in the game back then? Probably not because they didn't have the recovery, the nutrition, the capabilities, all that shit. That's you know what fact. I mean? I, I don't know if that would determine if he lasts that long, but it's a extreme factor for sure last that long being that good totally if you put him back then would he last longer than michael i don't know who knows yeah but who who fucking knows and vice versa technology is just out of control 100 yeah um and i don't know if kobe was that way as well like cocky or arrogant or at all but again this extremely confident person that's you know what i mean and so like and so this is what i would say like and i think there's a level to it too and i'm sure when you get become famous like that there is but like i i mean I can't say this. I don't feel like I'm arrogant or cocky, but I am extremely confident Yeah. because even if I don't, even if I, there's some uncertainty in front of me, I just know no matter what I'm going to do, whatever it takes to get the job done. Like, and that's a level of confidence that I think that, that the cleaner has in that category. Um, and sometimes there's people, uh, we said it was a closer, right? Cooler, closer, cleaner. So the closer right beneath that is, is always successful as well. Like he talks about pro athletes who are extremely well-known and successful that are in that category and it doesn't make them better or worse. It just, it's a different path, you know? And sometimes people get forced into that cleaner position because they have to be that person for the people around them. Um, And the closer might not need to, you know, Uh, a good example that would be like, uh, and I'm only saying this because of the book, not because I actually know, but like um, with Miami heat was this way. And there's a couple other teams that I think were like this way, but they, it wasn't just like, like, for a while, Michael Jordan was just Michael Jordan. And then eventually it was like uh, Scottie Pippen and Rodman. Like there's multiple people. And like Miami Heat was what? Wade, Allen, Bosch. Like it's a bunch of stars. Were they all cleaners? I read this book. No. They I weren't want all, to. I know, I know. I'm okay. saying were they all cleaners? No. But even if they were all closers, they're going to crush because there's all together and they feed off each other. Whereas like a cleaner usually starts or becomes that because he's in a position by himself in that role first. Or has to go through hell to get there. You know what I mean? So anyway, fucking love that book. I think some people might listen. That's greatness. uh, That one's called relentless. Okay. And then winning is the second one. So winning is about basically he got a bunch of feedback on relentless and a bunch of people reached out and said like, thank you for writing this. Like I finally feel like I'm not weirdo like yeah. I'm not alone like because there was a, a lot of the book was talking about like in order to be great at anything you kind of have to seclude yourself in some areas you kind of have to make sacrifices there's going to be a lot of hardship you have to be okay with a lot of that stuff um, and we're talking about the greatest of great level like Michael Jordan or Kobe like you want to be literally the best in your category by all means and so he talks a lot about that and again that's an extreme level Tiger Woods Tiger Woods is another example um, and so like he talks about Tiger in, in there, and he actually even talks about him when he went through all that. Uh, he cheated, and there was, like, all that negative. Scandal. Yep, and that negative publicity, like, crushed him, and then he, like, came back, and, like, he he talks about how he saw his personality shift and stuff. It's actually really cool. But point being is that I think that, you know, it's, it's not like a – this isn't like a trophy that you need to wear, you know, on your shoulders of, like, I will – uh, neglect the world to be successful kind of thing. But it talks about like, there is elements of that within success. There, there comes points where you have to make sacrifices and be okay with that almost like loneliness in order to get to the top, if that's what you want. And so a lot of people reached out and were like, 
this is really cool because now there's people who can talk about it and it's okay. Whereas for a long time, like people idolized Kobe Bryant, but if anybody else treated success the way he did in a normal setting before they were famous, they would say, you have no balance. You're you like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, that's horrible. You're selfish or anything. But if you make the NBA and become one of the greatest of all time, now it's all okay. And it's totally accepted. And so it kind of opened that door for, I think, uh, non-famous yeah. successful entrepreneurs or people who are obsessed with the hustle and uh winning is about that and that being okay and that mentality and how to keep that mentality alive and blah 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 really really good books so those are to me those are my favorite on mindset because it allowed me to continue to tap into that mentality that i feel like i need for this team and to grow all the things i want to grow in my life and it made me feel a little bit less guilty for honestly like doing those things, like secluding myself yeah. in some scenarios of life because I knew that my purpose and the greater good was to build this team and to help more people and to reach more people and to provide for the, the, you know, provide the salaries and the mortgages and all these things for the people on the team and all that shit. That requires me sacrificing other areas of my life that I might enjoy, but I enjoy that so much more. And now I'm like, actually, it's totally fine. Like, it's okay to enjoy that more and to love that more if that's what I choose. Yeah. It doesn't mean other people have to choose it, but like, if that's what I'm signing up for, I don't need to feel bad about that. For know? sure. Um, Just own it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think if anybody wants success in anything in their life, they'll they'll like the books, whether they are like, I'm 50% of what he's talking about because he goes to extremes. Again, he's talking about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Um, or you're just, you love learning about grinding and the hustle or like you, you love sports. That's mm -hmm. definitely going to help it. Like, yep. um, I didn't even like basketball until I read the books. <laughs> I mean, I still don't really yeah, like dude. basketball. <laughs> but I, I really liked those athletes more yeah. because of the books. You totally. Know? Um, that's why I started watching. It's separate than the sport, though. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The athlete mentality. Yeah. Same reason why, like, I've, I've read a lot and, and listened to uh, Matt Frazier. I don't love CrossFit, but I was like, I want to know what's going on in his fucking head. Totally. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Um, but great books, Relentless Winning, um, all of Tim Grover, the podcast Tim Grover's been on, um, all that kind of stuff. Really, really, really cool. So those would be my best recommendations. Um, but again, I have so many on that Amazon list. So go to the Amazon list. It's in the show notes. Just click it. There'll be just like a, basically like a page full of like thumbnails and links. And they're just all the different books I would recommend. Love it. Yep. All right, cool. We will get on to our nutrition question. It says, how do you find your new maintenance calories when changing up your training style? Say you're coming from a marathon training to training for hypertrophy. Uh, obviously, energy expend expenditure is lower. So how do we find our new maintenance calorie level? Yeah, so I think it depends on, I mean, number one, you could absolutely just go to an online calculator. So if you go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com, um, I want to say it's slash T-D-E-E dash -E calculator. Um, we can link that in the show notes, but also you can just go there, click the menu, go to free guy, uh, free tools, and there's a bunch of different things on there. But you can use that and just change your energy expenditure. You know, so like if you're, um, it that's also hard too, like because you, there's not like a endurance button or a strength training button. So if you were like, well, I was running when I was training for a marathon, I was running five to six days a week, and now I'm lifting five to six days a week. Your activity level on there is still going to be five to six days a week. The difference is going to be five to six days of vigorous activity versus like three to four days of vigorous activity. Yes, you might be lifting five to six days a week, but bodybuilding and strength training does not burn as many calories as running for marathons. Yeah. So you need to put that in there. Um, and basically you would just go to the calculator. What I would recommend, go to the calculator, basically put in 
all your info, age, weight, height, that kind of stuff. And then do it as if you were, excuse me, um, calculating your calories for when you ran marathons and then drop it one. Mm. So that could that drop one, one activity level. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that way, no matter what, you're just inching it down a little bit. But the truth is, is that finding your maintenance calories is also something that is going to be more accurately done when just tracking and seeing where you're at. So like when we work with clients, we use formulas, we use calculators, all that stuff, because it gives us a good idea or a baseline. And there is science behind those, right? There's, um, we wrote a whole article on, uh, so if you go to the blog and type in TDEE calculator, um, it's like BMR calculator, TDE calculator, something like that, or finding your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure. We wrote a whole blog about that and Brandon Roberts jumped in there and wrote with me. So it's like very much so the science of what backs up those formulas. So they're accurate. The problem becomes if you're tracking, you know, if you track your calories, you're, you're going to see what your body has adapted to. So let's say I punch in my numbers and I'm supposed to be eating X, Y, Z, but I've been eating X, Y, Z. Well, what I've been eating is going to be more accurate right now because my body has adapted to it. And I like doing both because now I can say, okay, well, I'm eating this. So my maintenance is probably closer to this because my body's adapted. This is what I've been eating. I should be eating this, which tells me where I should try to get my calories to eventually. So now I have kind of like a road mark of if one, if I want fat loss, I know that this co contrast is going to be telling of when I should start that fat loss phase. Because if I'm trying to lose fat and I'm eating 400 calories less than what I probably should be to be at maintenance, I need to step back and go, should I jump into a cut or should I be trying to work on habits and health factors that will improve my metabolism to get my calories, my maintenance calories up a little bit higher before I dive into a cut? reverse diet, build some muscle, uh, improve stress management, health, stuff like that. Um, and then the other thing is too, is like you could track your, your calories and then determine, well, I'm eating at maintenance calories and I want to lose fat, but I'm not tracking my macros. So if I switch my macros to a more, uh, beneficial ratio, will I lose fat without ca cutting calories? And if, if you haven't been tracking before, it's very likely that would be the case. Um, so you could increase protein, increase carb, decrease fat, and probably lose fat without dropping calories essentially. So there's a lot of like what ifs and caveats and it depends answers within this, this answer. But essentially the best thing to do is just to, I would say track and, and kind of play with it as you go or hire a coach to help you do that. Because the reality is this, like if you're consuming, you know, and again, our bodies are adaptive machines and they get good at what we're doing. So if you're consuming just for easy math, you're consuming 2,500 calories and you've been, that's your maintenance for when you're doing marathon training, you're running a lot, but your body has gotten efficient at running, which means your, your glucose turnover. So your body's ability to take in carbs, put it as muscle glycogen, burned off as fuel super quick has been really efficient. Um, you're not storing a lot of that in muscle glycogen stores because you're just burning it as fuel to run. That's why runners don't have a bunch of muscle mass. Versus when you strength train, your body is putting it into muscle tissue to help it replenish and grow so you can strength train more. And that's where you're getting your energy for that. So you might not need to change a lot at first because if your body's been adapting to marathon running, you're getting really efficient at marathon running, which doesn't mean you're not burning calories or fuel, but it might mean you're really good at burning fuel and you're being more efficient because your body wants to get efficient at running so that it can run for longer without burning as much fuel. Yeah. Because that's what allows you to not need to constantly eat. So if you're going on a marathon run and you don't have to consume calories along the run, that's mm -hmm. beneficial, right? And from a survival perspective, obviously that's what your body wants to do. And then you go into strength training and now 
your body's doing a different, using a different energy system. It's using different muscle tissue. It's using different pathways for absorbing and, and breaking down the glucose and the carbs for fuel and storage. Your body's not used to that. So it's going to probably absorb fuel pretty well. And, and what I mean by that is it's, since it's not efficient, you're probably burning a lot of calories. So even though technically marathon running might burn more calories on paper, you might actually not burn more at first because you're doing something so new and different to what you're used to. And if that's the case, which very often it is, you might not want to change it at first. Just change your training, see what happens. And if you start gaining a little weight, pull your carbs down or your calories. I'm assuming carbs because if you're running marathons, you probably should be eating a lot of carbs. But if you switch your training and your in your calories are pretty high, see what happens and then drop your calories after that. And don't do it immediately because if you get super sore, you're probably having some local inflammation that's going to have the scale go up. Um, a good example of this, I have somebody who we just dove into a cut, but I changed up her training quite a bit. Um, and she gained a pound, pound and a half in like a week or two. And like her progress pictures, like she looked dramatically leaner. And I'm like, hey, how is soreness? And she's like, my glutes are so, more sore than they've been probably ever. And I'm like, okay, so we're not going to worry about this weight gain because I guarantee it's just soreness, muscle inflammation. Like we're, we're in a small deficit, but we changed up training dramatically. We dialed things in like... I'm not going to worry about it because you are in a deficit. And if your weight went up a pound it's and you look leaner, it's probably because you're retaining water in the muscle tissue or like literally it's just inflammation because you're sore as fuck. So, which is not a bad thing at first, yeah. you know, if it just lingers and lingers, obviously that's a different story. But um, yeah, so I wouldn't change anything at first. See what happens and then adjust from there. Um, otherwise, you can use a calculator or you can just... Uh, intuitively drop your carbs a little bit but um most likely best thing to do is to just you know change one thing at a time change your training monitor your progress for a couple weeks and then go from there yeah love it cool let's go on to the training question it says all right it's a little bit of a long one it says i am 5'8 135 pound female and have been working out with weights for about three years six days on and one day off my macros have varied over that time. I would go from tracking re religiously at 114 protein, 160 carbs, and 50 fat to not tracking as closely but also not binging as I am pretty smart about my food choices. However, even at my, my leanest, I still did not have the six-pack abs I wanted. I could see my ribs and hip bones but not defined at 122 pounds. I will be 50 in three months and of course have a big trip planned. Is there something that is obtainable in this time frame? Are there any bits of advice that you can offer to achieve this goal? Yeah, I can I mean this this is actually it's a long question, but it's actually a really simple answer. So you need more muscle. That's all it is. So three years of training, um and at that age isn't that long. And I say at that age, because after the age of 30, your, your ability to build muscle quickly drops quite considerably. Now you're still in your newbie gains phase at three years of training, usually like within the first three years. So you're still going to be able to gain muscle, but it's much different. If you, your first three years of training at 20 years old versus 50 is obviously different. We all know that yeah. it, it's different from if you're 20 years old for your first three years is way different than 30, than 40, than 50, than 60. Um, when I first started training, I put on a shit ton of muscle, uh, I, I was cutting from like age 18 to 19, trying to figure shit out. And then like, probably didn't actually start trying to build muscle. I was about 20. And I remember going through like a, uh, like literally like an eight week gaining phase and putting on a ton of mass, but I was literally 19, 20 years old. It's completely different. And I was a newbie in the gym cause I just started lifting within a couple of years. So 
we got to take that into consideration. So you just haven't been lifting for that long. So I think that you don't have a lot of muscle maturity. So it's time to just focus on building muscle, especially if you've gotten that lean and you've cut to the point where you see hip bone and ribs, but you can't see abs. It tells me that you don't have defined musculature to be popping out. Um, now in a three months time frame, what can you get done? You can lose a considerable amount of weight in that time frame. You know, so like if you like even for the 135 to 122 example, what is that? Uh, 13 pounds. That's a push for somebody that light, especially do you say five, eight, five, six, five, six, 135. Okay. So five, six, 135. Like that's not a, uh, it's not a heavy person. So like, especially at that height, you know, like, so losing 13 pounds probably wouldn't be advisable in 12 weeks, three months. Um, you could lose, you know, six, seven, eight pounds in that time frame, but that wouldn't put muscle on your body. So if you want to get leaner for that trip or whatever, then yeah, you would, you could definitely do what you did last time. Maybe not as aggressive and not go as far. I wouldn't advise it. Um, but then afterwards you're going to want to go through a lean gain phase. You need to build some muscle, put on some size. Um, and when I say size, it's not like you're going to get bulky. It's just like put on a couple pounds of muscle and train your abs a lot. So I think that a lot of people often talk about how, um, abs are made in the kitchen, which they are. The only way you're going to reveal them is in the kitchen, but they're built in the gym. If you don't do ab training, they're not going to look good. So if somebody's like, I got super lean and I can't see my tricep definition. I'm like, Oh, have you been doing tricep extensions? No, never. Well, then why would you see definition? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same exact concept. So when we're trying to build muscle, we also have to isolate all the muscles we want to build. So go to maintenance or a slight surplus, spend time doing, uh, isolated ab training, you know, two, three times a week. So you're getting a lot of volume to your abs, trying to build the muscle, just like you would build any other muscle and then build any other muscles that you're interested in building, you know, that you want to focus on and spend a solid amount of time, six plus months building muscle and then go into a cut and do the exact same thing. You will not end up at 122 pounds. You will end up heavier than that if you did it successfully. So just know that, but you'll be just as lean and you will see more muscle. Um, in fact, I'm going to share this soon uh, on Instagram probably, but I pulled up my 2019 photo shoot we did at the claw yeah and then the one we just did at this other uh facility same pose same lighting all that kind of shit same photographer different gym obviously but i even like removed like the presets filters everything so it's just like his camera you know and you can see a dramatic difference in muscle tissue because i built more muscle it was i mean that's a three-year time span or some shit so yeah, three years, two and a half, three years, 2019 to 2022. So like in that, you can see where I put on muscle for sure. But the other thing you can see a lot of is my abs, the definition in them. And if you actually, um, if I went back and looked at my weight, I was lighter in the picture from 2019, which obviously I should be. Um, but the good thing about that is means like if I was the same exact weight in both pictures, I couldn't really make this argument about those because that would mean that I was leaner in the new one it means I had less body fat because I clearly had more muscle. But the fact that I was also heavier says that I probably was about the same relative leanness, but I've definitely trained my abs quite a bit between then and now because I've made that intentional focus since that photo shoot and you can see them popping out more. That's because they're like any other muscle and some people genetically just not that way. That's yeah. me. Mine aren't ever going to be like massively like obtruding, you know, whereas like some people like, like Theo, his were like, like you could grab it like a fucking tennis ball. Like they popped out a lot, you know, yeah. that's just his genetics. That's how they were. So when he got lean, well, he was always lean, but like when he got really lean, they were like fucking popping out a ton. When I get lean, it's like, oh, you can see him. You know, so everybody's different. So you might not be genetically gifted in that sense, but also if you can't see them at all, but you can see your ribs and hips, it tells me that you're just not 
focus on developing the muscle. Um, so I think you should just spend time building muscle. And I think there's a lot of people listening to this that probably fit that category, whether it's because they can't see their abs and that's what they want, or it's just overall like quote unquote toneness or leanness or, or firmness or anything like that. You're looking at your physique and you're like, man, this isn't what I thought I would look like after doing cut. And it's more than likely because you didn't build muscle in the time that you weren't in a deficit. And that's yeah. so important to, to for the end result to be the way you want it to be. So that would be my so advice. True. Yeah. Cool guys. Well, that is the last question for today. Um, you got any announcements, Cody? Uh, nothing yet because, uh, but before the next podcast, we're going to make sure we have some solid dates to share with you for the, the Taylor transformations podcast. So I just want to be, uh, popping in your ear and just reminding you that we are going to be releasing another podcast soon. It will not change the episodes we do here. It'll just be hosted by another coach on my staff, Ariel, and uh, she's going to be sharing stories of our coaches. So you can get to know the coaches better. And it's, she's going to be sharing stories of our clients who have gone through transformation. Oh, so you can hear their stories and their transformations. Um, so excited about that. And we're already recording. So these are going to be coming out soon um, as well as some of the seminar dates and stuff like that. So a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Um, yeah, be sure to follow along, go check out the YouTube. We're going to be sharing a lot for, uh, my, my prep, summer shredding, all that. And then as always screenshot this episode, if you enjoy the podcast, if we taught you anything, if you love the show, share it with a friend, screenshot this post on your story, tag us. I want to thank you for listening. Um, and as always, we appreciate you guys and we'll catch you next time. Bye.